Alrighty, I want to personally welcome you out today to episode 553 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. My name is Chris Hollifield. I am your host. Welcome to my show, everybody. Welcome to my podcast where I showcase artists, musicians, business owners, everyday people, people that are doing cool things right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Today on the podcast, I get a chat with Irie Cow. She is the owner of Doki Doki. They are located right in downtown Salt Lake City at 249 East, 400 South, right by the library. They are a uh, Japanese dessert. Such a fascinating story, such a cool story that she shares today on uh, what inspired her, what motivated her to open up this business, and uh, how it's been for her over the last couple of years. Hey, the website for the podcast is IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and uh, listen to all the episodes of the podcast. All of them are on the website. Go check them out. Go listen to them. Go download them and uh, share them with a friend. All right. Like I said, today on the podcast, uh, we chat with Irie from Doki Doki. Such a fun conversation. I think you guys are going to like it. So let's get into it. Uh, You know, I just want to start right at the beginning, because I'm sure a lot of the listeners of our podcast are not even familiar with Doki Doki. So uh, where are you located in and what is it that you sell? I mean, let's just start there if you don't mind. Yeah. So uh, Doki Doki is a specialty uh, Japanese dessert that we use um, Japanese like baking and pastry technique to make a dessert that implement the uh, Western and also Asian flavor into the dessert. We actually located like right in downtown Salt Lake, right across from the Salt Lake Library. Okay, how long how long have you been in business? We're reaching our fourth year soon in February. Okay, fourth year, and you've been in the same location for four years, or or uh, yes. different locations. Yeah, we've been in the same location for four years. Awesome. Now, how would you describe this dessert? You said it's a Japanese dessert. I mean, is it like, uh, cause like on your website, you know, you got crepe cakes and doki and then, and, and wedding cakes and catering, which I want to get into the wedding cakes and stuff, but how would you describe your, the dessert? So the desserts tend to be um, less sweet. We use way less sugar compared to um, on the market. For instance, let's just say you go out there, you buy a six-inch or seven-inch cake, uh-huh. right? They they use about um, that much sugar. Uh, it it varies, of course, but. For us, our six or seven inch cake use a quarter, what is twenty five percent sugar of what people usually use for their cake, and then um, also we use a lot of fresh fruit and real ingredient to blend into our cake. We don't use artificial flavor. We don't use like a tons of flavoring or anything like that. So let's just say if I say that we're selling a strawberry cake, you can be for sure knowing that there's a ton of like fresh strawberry blend it into the cream and that's how it brings out the flavor. Um, yeah, and the dessert is very light and fluffy. It's like, you know how you usually eat a um, couple bites of the dessert and you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. But <laughs> so, like my dessert, I do have uh, so many customers. They like buy one slice of cake, buy another one. And then it's like I have customers reaching out to me saying, I bought you from you a seven inch cake and I eat it half of it. In one sitting by myself, I'm like, 
So it's like it's just really light and just easy to like intake, and they can basically they can eat a lot without feeling like really you know like too much of sugar and sweet. Oh man, that you are making me hungry. <laughs> so, so are you from Japan then? Did you did you bring this dessert to Salt Lake City from Japan directly, or or what's um, what's the connection there? Okay, so my story is really funny. I'm originally from Vietnam. I born and raised in Vietnam. Uh-huh. I went to America for school when I was 15 for the first time in LA, okay. uh, California. And uh, I love dessert, so I always want the fine dessert, but I don't want the really heavy and sweet dessert of America, like cheesecake, uh, some like cake like that, buttercream cake. I just don't like that. And I actually live pretty far from Orange County. I live in like the Chinatown part of LA, where Orange County is like an hour away. You know what? That's where all the Vietnamese live. And I live pretty far from there. So I was like, okay, what's the alternative for dessert? That's like similar to Vietnamese dessert, you know? And my friend introduced me to Japanese dessert. And that's the first time I got that. I remember I get a crepe. For a Japanese crepe and then I get some of the pastry and it was so light it's not too sweet you know it's like creamy but not too sweet and then I'm just like obsessed with it and you and you were like this is the best thing ever I gotta do something with this yeah so later on when I moved to Utah the the struggle to find a light fluffy dessert is it's like there you know it's even harder than in LA so I was just like struggling like just get thinking about it i back at home as a side you know a hobby and then one day after uh just a couple of years of doing different type of job my parents was like why don't you open your own shop because i work in the restaurant industry for years and they like oh you definitely know how to run a shop now which is not true it's actually harder than that uh, but uh i was like yeah maybe that's a good idea just bring you know stuff uh to utah and i did and i opened up uh doki doki and i just used my baking with it's more in like japanese baking to bring the dessert here what even brought you to utah in the first place i mean you had you have family here or what brought you to utah then Oh, so my sister was here for school, and um, uh, so I just moved here because she said that like Utah would fit you better than LA. I love LA. <laughs> I love the food. I just don't like the traffic, <laughs> and I just like love the nature in Utah. So she was like, "It's gonna be a better place for you here," and it was. That you you don't like the traffic here or in LA. In LA. Oh yeah, in LA. It's it's. Uh, see, I grew up in uh, in uh, just outside of LA in uh, Ventura. I don't know if you ever made it to Ventura when you were down there, um, but every time I go down there and visit, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Even though Utah traffic is getting ridiculous though, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like now before I was usually I I'm doing deliveries now, you know, and mm. I would tell my customer like, oh. Uh, deliveries between three and five, but now I'm like, okay, I have to go before three because that's when when the traffic hit. So I'm like, I need to get out of there before three. <laughs> so people can order your 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 desserts and have them delivered, or is there only certain things that you deliver? Uh, certain things like um, our cake got deliver uh, can be delivered, and wedding cake. Right now, there are two things that we deliver. 
Well, talk about the wedding cake. So you take uh, specially uh, special orders, I guess, for for wedding cakes, or or talk about that. Yes. So our cred, uh, wedding cake is actually wedding crepe cake. So it's my crepe cake stacking up to make a, a tier wedding cake, and it's own custom order. The the customer can actually right now they can go on our website, book a completely free tasting. And then they just come on in, we give them the tasting, and if they like it, they book it. And so far, we have like 95 to 98% booking rate as long as they're tasting the cake. Wow. That, yeah. is, that is really cool. I want to back up a little bit, uh, if you don't mind here, yeah. um, just, just because I'm curious. We get a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are thinking of starting their own business. And so I'm curious when you were first looking into opening up this business and when you were, when you were looking to get things going now, now, first of all, this is your first uh, business that you started, right? Or have you kind of started other businesses or is this kind of your first deal like this? This is my first deal. So, yeah, I mean, so you're, you were learning along the way. I mean, what kind of, did you run into obstacles? Did you run into challenges when you were trying to get going? A lot. A lot. <laughs> I will say a lot. I make so many mistakes that right now I'm just trying to like fix the fix the, the mistakes. Mis- yeah, fix the mistake, fix the consequences of the mistake even still this day, you know? It's like for a food business it's really hard. As you can as you know, it's like the margin is low, you know, and they're very high risk. Thing like that. So, um, one of the first mistake that I ever make would be open a physical location. Um, you know, at that when I opened it in 2018, Instagram and Facebook are there, but there's not like the crazy impact like right now. You mm-hmm. know, uh, right now you can see a lot of bakers they start at a home baking first use social media to put their name out there. And when they really stable, they're like, okay, I save enough money and I have enough customer, like enough fans to actually open a physical location. Mm-hmm. For me, I just open a physical location. There's like no marketing, there's no social media, there's no nothing. So I just live on like, oh, if I'm doing a good job, the uh, word of mouth will spread and that's how I bring business in. And that was like my first mistake I've ever made because it was really hard. It put me in a lot of like financial death that I have to go through, you know, and it's like, it's just way more work up running a physical store than do it from a, you know, like a cottage baking. Mm, so you would have gone back and maybe just rented a kitchen or something like that. And, and just started that way. I got you. I got you. Cause I, cause I could imagine the rent is a lot more, especially, uh, downtown and in in your location. I mean, were you, were you, I mean, how did you finally start getting customers? I mean, I guess word of mouth finally got out there about you. Yeah. So we actually didn't blow up until 20, um, 
I would say late 2020, early uh, 21. Okay. Uh, Before that, I didn't know how to run marketing or social media, anything like that. It's just word of mouth. But we got really lucky that everybody loved our product and they come back and they bring friends. Like, I don't know if you know, but before we switched to a complete like Japanese uh, dessert, before that, we were doing raw ice cream, which is the, the newest strain of ice cream before, right? And um, I like, because I love dessert and everything I do, I do a tons of research on it. I'm a set-top baker, so I have to learn everything on my own. I do a lot of research and I make the best raw ice cream out there. Like people say that it's like the best raw ice cream they ever have. I even have people from New York actually tell me that. So um so why did you stop it's, selling the ice cream then? Because it's a lot of work. It okay. actually hurts the like the physical strain putting on the wrist of our employee actually is really, really bad. It's like it's giving everyone carbon tunnel. Oh, <laughs> wow. okay. Yeah. So uh, so that's, and then it's it's ice cream. Like I can't really charge the amount of money that it needed to be charged to to like um pay my employee what they deserve you know like you wouldn't be willing to walk in there and pay ten dollars for a row ice cream it's like it's too much money you know what i mean yeah so yeah so i decided it's not a good way to go so I get rid of raw ice cream. I bring back I bring a different type of ice cream that right now people really like, but it's less like less physical strain on my staff. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now you're grateful you have a storefront or or are you still kind of like, eh, maybe it's not the best idea to have a storefront or 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 where are things at now? I would say that I'm at 50-50% now. Okay, okay. Doki is really, really um, blessed to have a lot of support from the community. We are busy. Um, So I'm grateful that I have a storefront that people can just come by anytime that they want and don't have to wait for certain time of the week to, you know, pick up their order. Like usually you do it from home. Mm -hmm. But the workload is still there. There's a lot to going on into having a storefront. Like, you know, like you have to have, of course, taking care of your staff, but also like maintaining the buildings. And as a restaurant industry, like owning a restaurant, is there's something happen every single day, every single hours. There's not a single day that the store run like smoothly without problem. And I'm a very like hand-on owner. I'm not going to be like, oh, my manager to take care of it, whatever. Like anything happen, I'm the first one to know. And I also like work with my manager and work with my staff to solve it. So basically, even if I'm on vacation, I'm on my phone 24-7 so that my staff can reach me any single moment of the day. Like, okay, the, the brick uh, go out this way. This machine doesn't behave this way. It's too hot in here. Make the ice cream melt this way. It's like every single thing, there's something happen. And also life, you know, you have to take care of your staff. Like today, just barely before I get on a call with you, I have a staff calling in and like, I'm sick. Can I just get a day off? I'm like, sure. And then I have to find someone to replace and, it just, you know, it's a, a lot of going on that a lot of people don't really think about those things when they open up a business. They just like, oh, I, I'm going to open my storefront. I'm going to rent people to run it for me. And that's it, you know, but there's so much more going on behind that. 
Yeah, it, well, it sounds like you've had to learn um, a, a ton of stuff. Now, you, I mean, you opened in 2018. You mentioned you were kind of struggling in the beginning, getting the word out there. So then two years later, COVID happened. I mean, did that affect your business too? Did COVID, when everything started shutting down there? Actually, COVID was the best thing ever happened to Doki. Really? Why, why is that? Yeah, Doki actually exploded during COVID. Um, at that time, I think just like when everything shut down and most of the restaurants doing to go, you know. And if you see on TikTok and online, people are sharing more about, I'm working from home now. I'm also learning to cook. And because of that, people are reaching out to all the ethnic food that they see online. Mm-hmm. And then they try to cook them. And what we offer at Doki is pretty hard to do, like, we was doing like Japanese fluffy pancake and all the dessert, like crepe cake and stuff that don't really, there's nowhere else selling it. And if you look into how to make it, it's actually pretty hard and time consuming, but people want to try it. So we were like, okay, I'm seeing that Doki on DoorDash or any other platform offer those things. I'm going to try them. So that's how we got and DoorDash and Ondo delivery platform was acting as like the best marketing out there. They just put your name on them on there for people to see without charging you anything. Of course, like if you make sale, they get a commission, but it's like free advertising, you know. So we got so many order during the COVID time when the shutdown time that I actually have to hire people when most of the place like lay off their staff, I actually put up a hiring post because we need help for Doki. That is really cool. That is a cool story. I'm glad I asked that. I, you know, yeah. usually people kind of have the opposite story, right? They usually have uh, this story of, of COVID ruined their business or they, you know, they lost all this money and blah, 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 but it was kind of the opposite for you. So that is really cool. Now, has social media played a big part in helping your business grow? Absolutely. Social media and my friends who are influencers, they are the reason Doki is where it is today. It's like, it doesn't matter how much I want to put Doki out there and also like how much money I'm going to spend on Google ad, which I didn't. But it's like, doesn't matter what, they don't reach the people that I need to reach, like my friend and social media bring in. Like, I am friends with Chase from SLC Foodie. Yeah, Chase. He's a good guy. I've had him on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm friends with Amber from My High Food Fairy. Uh-huh. And then I'm also friends with some of the lifestyle influencers, like uh, Sandy. Um, she also runs a lifestyle, like fashion stuff. Yeah, so, like, those people go to Doki and keep, giving me shout out you know like you gotta try doki you gotta try her crepe cake you have gotta try her ice cream and their audience actually like those audience really trust in their word you know like when you see a google ad and say like this play good how much do you trust in that you know for a fact that they paying for that ad you know but like when you follow an influencer and they come in they're like i actually really like this play i like this the this 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 one this one and the other one not so much or something you actually trust in them you follow them you trust in them so 
their audience see Doki and they're like, okay, I'm gonna go try it out too. And that's how Doki just like blow up overnight. That is awesome. That is awesome. So I have a few standard questions that I ask everybody that comes through the podcast here. So of course I have to ask you, if someone was visiting Salt Lake City for a weekend, like say somebody was coming in uh, this upcoming weekend and, and visiting you, what would you tell them to do or to visit? Um, you know, people have all different types of recommendations. I've heard some people recommend, you know, coming downtown. Some people say the library. Some people say Temple Square. Uh, some people say Park City. I mean, is there, is there a couple of favorite places you like to uh, tell people to visit in the, in the area? Yeah, I um, really love to go to um, Park City, Okay, walk around the main street. Yeah. And uh, on Park City, I have my favorite. I would say hand out best sushi, sushi in Utah. It's called Yukiyama. And I would highly recommend that place. And then in, in, um, this, uh, on the south side, I love to work, like go hide a canyon of Provo where there's a really beautiful waterfall oh yeah uh, yeah and i just love going like barbecue in the milk creek canyon it's actually really good because you have to unblock it's no signal in there so it's just like you connect with the people surrounding you and the nature and i just love that very much so no, no cell phone service huh <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> So you you mentioned you you mentioned the sushi spot in, in in Park City. I mean, any other favorite local eating spots in the Salt Lake City area? Any any restaurants uh, that you care to give a shout out to? Yes, I uh, I really like um, Hot Pot with like the Chinese hot pot. Oh yeah, Hero Hot Pot if you can handle the spices. And then I um. My friends open a donut shop called Chubby Baker, and her donut is really, really good, really fluffy, full of filling. Yeah, so that's my and then my favorite multi shop is uh, Shetty. Okay, okay. Now, where's this donut shop at? That sounds delicious. Are they downtown, or what part of Salt Lake are they at? Uh, they downtown. She opened a year ago. It's on nine hundred South and around. 320 east okay so yeah it's really near the um, liberty park it's right there so. oh yeah 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 is yes there, is there anything you would change about salt lake city or the area if you can if you like let's say you had a magic wand and you could change something is there anything you would change if i have a magic wand as of right now i will say something very um Country for show, and uh, it's my piss up people, so I don't know if you want to include, no, but no, I, let's say it. I would say I would change the uh trigger law of Utah, the what, the what law, the trigger law of Utah, okay, about Roe Ro v. Wade after it's got overturned, yeah, Utah trigger law go into effect. And if I have a magic wand right now, that's the first thing I will change. <laughs> How can listeners uh, connect with you? How can they find out more about your uh, about your store? I mean, let's talk about what's your website address, what's your social media. Let's kind of run down the list as we kind of wind this podcast up a little bit here. Yeah. So uh, you can find out more about Doki uh, on our website at dokidessert.com. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to like reach out to me, uh, I run all of the social media personally. So they can just DM me on Instagram or Facebook and I can respond to them and they know that's me personally. I don't have any 
company running it or anything. You do your own social media, huh? Yes, I do. That is impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of you because hey? social Thank media you. can get exhausting. Yes, it is. But I want to be connecting to my customer and my fans on a personal level. You know, I don't want them to be like texting doggy, wondering who who it is. Awesome. And then you're on Instagram and Facebook and uh, all that good stuff too. That's I know you and I were connected on Instagram. And you have beautiful pictures up there. Thank you. Uh, I can't can't urge uh, everybody enough to go and follow you on Instagram and at least go look at your beautiful pictures and then and then support you. And uh, I mean, you sell gift cards, so those would make great birthday gifts or holiday gifts, depending on when people are listening to this podcast episode. Um, is there anything you want to add or talk about before we wrap this up? I mean, why we're still recording here? Is there anything you want you were hoping we would talk about but that we didn't? Um, I would say that, like you say, you mentioned a lot of your um, listeners actually think about starting their own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own Doki, but my fiance, he's uh, also on a tech startup company. So we put entrepreneur owning our own stuff going. Mm-hmm. And um, anyone that have, you know, question or like concern regarding starting their own business, want to know about all the mistakes that I make and what would I change? Uh, what is the new idea that I would do instead? They can just reach out to me. I'm an open book. I'm not going to hide anything. I will share on all, all of my experience, all of my lesson and everything. Uh, thank you so much. And, you know, just I'll tell people just just send you a message on Instagram or something like that. And Yes. And, uh, and you'll respond. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast with me. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been fun getting to know you today and, and more about your product. And uh, you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my story. And please come on down to Doki. Would love to meet you in person and get some delicious treat together. Yeah. And what, what's your address real quick before we cut out here? What Give your address. Uh... It's 249 East. 400 South in Salt Lake City. All right. Many thanks again to Irie from Doki Doki for joining me on this episode of the podcast. All of the links to connect with her are going to be at IamSaltLake.com. Go connect with Irie. Let her know you heard her on the podcast. Go support her and go get some of those delicious dessert treats. They sound fantastic. Especially right now, you guys. Local businesses here in Utah could really use our help. So, Go check out Doki Doki in uh, downtown Salt Lake City. Hey, we're here every week with a brand new episode, so make sure you subscribe in whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts in. And until next week, get out and uh, enjoy the city, support local, and I'll see you on the next episode. Good night, guys.